Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad podcast with Chris Finn, a production of P4S Golf. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Golf Fitness Bomb Squad. I'm your host, Chris Finn, and I am super excited about today's episode. Uh, this is something that actually just came up uh, the other day on social um, and I actually had a client conversation uh, in the in the facility um, who he came in pretty heated and it was uh, it was it was awesome to be able to have this discussion with him. So, um, so let me give you some context. So we had uh, basically a couple of years ago, we did our first controlled study looking at overspeed training. So um, we had uh, basically partnered with uh, Superspeed Golf to do an initial study. They donated all the different all the you know, they have their three different sticks. They sent them down to us so we could test. So we had a bunch of different groups. We had a control group, uh, basically, the, and as well as test groups. And, and our initial question was, could we figure out the optimal way to train golfers for speed without them getting hurt, right? Um, so the guy who came in, uh, who was heated, he, got, he was pissed off because he had bought um, some overspeed training tools um, and he had gotten hurt. And he was like, this is this, this sucks. I just wanted to play golf. I want to swing faster. Why the hell did I get hurt, right? And the reason he got hurt is because he had no idea. He had no mobility. He couldn't rotate in any of the four rotary centers, which if any, you know, if you've been listening to the, the bomb squad for a while, you know, step one, make sure you can rotate in the four rotary centers, right? So this guy obviously was not a, not a listener at that point. So he had gotten hurt doing overspeed training and he was pissed because he had the club championship coming up. Um, and, you know, obviously we had to, you know, get him to where he was pain-free so he could play. All of a sudden, gaining three miles an hour wasn't that that important to him. It was, could I just get out and play and compete? But so in this initial study that we did, we wanted to look, there were initial recommendations in the programming for like uh, literally there, I think it was a hundred swings uh, over the course of, uh, you know, in a training session. And they would do, you had, they had obviously there was a, a light stick, a medium stick, a heavy stick, and they would have, um, you know, basically the recommendation was uh, you did like, basically would amount to about 30 with the light stick, 30 with the medium stick and 30 with the heavy stick. Uh, you're swinging both ways. Um, and so if you look at any other, uh, you know, as, as we always do at PRS golf, we approach it with curiosity. We're like, there's no other sport where you train speed, where you do hundred reps. That makes, doesn't make any physiological sense. You don't see hundred meter sprinters doing a hundred, hundred meter sprints in their training session. Right. And now overspeed training, we're recommending, you know, at least the recommendations at those times are like two to three times a week, right? Like you quote unquote, can't do too much. Um, and so nervous, uh, basically just for everybody listening, overspeed training is nervous system training. So if we look at the context of our three profiles, right, you have your uh, ticking time bomb who doesn't have four, you know, full mobility in all the rotary centers and or even if they do pass all the rotary centers, they already their club head speed may, is already faster than what their body can handle. So they don't have the strength or the uh, power to, um, you know, basically just support that speed. Now, at the time we we're doing the study, we didn't have all this data and all this information. So nobody knew that. Uh, this was about three, four years ago. We have all this information now. So now we can very clearly say, hey, somebody is already swinging faster than what they can handle. Overspeed training probably ain't the right tool for them, right? So now, and anybody who's listened before knows, literally 95 plus percent of, of golfers are in this ticking time bomb category, right? It's like there's most golfers should not be doing overspeed training. Um, the, I know it's advertised as like a, a quick fix. Honestly, if you don't, if you're a ticking time bomb and you do overspeed training, the likelihood that you're going to get hurt is quite high. Um, hence, <laughs> yeah, the gentleman who came in who was about to blow his club championship because he couldn't play because he was hurt. But I digress. So, study that, that we put together was 
Uh, basically, you had a control group who just did the 100 reps, you know, you know, as prescribed with all three sticks. And then we had one group that only did uh, the heavy stick, one group that only did the light stick, and one group that only did the medium stick, and they only did 30 swings. So they did a third of the volume. Um, so needless to say, they were done a lot quicker. <laughs> uh, we had them all do it twice a week. And so we controlled, this is everybody in-house, so we controlled all of their strength and conditioning programs were exactly the same, so there was no variance there. Uh, and we have the, we can put the link to the, the actual research report so you guys can, can read it um, in, in the show notes here. But what we saw was basically if they only swung the light club or only swung the heavy club, they actually got slower. And what the interesting thing was, uh, which can be helpful, uh, not getting slower, that can't be helpful. But the interesting thing that we did find that could be helpful is if the heavy stick actually, when we looked at it, so the way we tested, we had uh, everybody uh, obviously on launch monitors, um, you know, on our flight scope launch monitors, and we had them uh, in 3D, you know, measuring tools so we could measure their kinematic sequence. Um, with the heavier stick, it actually increased X factor, so separation between the lower and upper body, which makes sense. You've got something heavier in your upper body, it's going to lag behind a little bit. So if somebody struggles with that, you know, maybe that's a, a something that could be used on the instructional side to help with sequencing and efficiency. Uh, needless to say, even if that is the case, <laughs> light and heavy both got worse. If you're just using a light club, your, the sequence was totally screwed up. So upper hands were going first, like the peak sequences were totally out of order. Um, as you, if you think of the golf swing efficiently, hips should go first, then torso, then arms, then club. With the light stick, it was all screwed up. So in my head, I'm thinking, well, why would I want somebody doing that if their kinematic sequence is getting totally screwed up? Why would we do that, right? Um, and what basically ended up, uh, so those two were, uh, both no good and you got worse. There was statistically though, no difference in club head speed gained between if you only did the 5% light, heavy, heavy, uh, lighter clubs, this is the blue club. Uh, if you guys know super speed golf sticks, uh, versus doing all three sticks, right? So we basically said, well, that's super interesting. I can do, I can have a golfer do. 66% less work. I can have them do 70 less swings and they only can, and they only can, they all I need to do is just with one stick and we can get the same statistically speaking, uh, same results. So then, you know, that's like, Oh, that's interesting. So then we went and we did a follow-up study because the sample size, if you guys look at the study, I mean, they weren't like 40 in each group. It was the biggest study to that point done in with, you know, in, in that realm, but you know, by no means conclusive. So we're going to go and we're going to do a follow-up study. So we get a little bigger group the second time around. And this time we we don't test light and heavy. We just test two groups now. Uh, one group, uh, actually we had a control group who did nothing. Uh, but we look at, um, you know, three sticks versus just the blue stick. And again, statistically speaking, no difference, right? So if you look at the studies, raw data, I think in one, the blue stick raw got better and was better in one, the three sticks was better, right? But if you look at it, based on sample size and all the statistical math, there was, you know, the P value uh, did, did not show any significance. So we walk away from that saying, oh my God, like we don't need to do all those reps. So that makes sense physiologically because golf, you know, our body doesn't physiologically change. So why would we train differently for speed in golf than we do for other sports? Don't do hundreds of reps. That's the takeaway guys. If you're listening to this, don't do hundreds of reps of speed training. Even if you have good rotary mobility, and you're strong enough to support the speed you currently have and you want more, don't do hundreds of reps. It's a waste of time. It turns into a cardiovascular event. Okay. Uh, we actually did an awesome story. I was doing a presentation at a, at a club and I had got some volunteers up and I had, uh, I had, I got two guys up 
And um, one guy gave him the three sticks and I made him do the three stick protocol. The other guy gave him just the, the blue stick. And I said, hey, man, you're just going to do this protocol, the, just the 30 swings. Uh, and, he, and he had to take and we made him take a two minute rest after every 10 swings. So he swung five left, five right, rested uh, two minutes. Right. The other guy's got to keep going. There's no you just kind of keep going, going. So they get to the end. Literally, the guy doing the, the, the with just the blue stick is like you know, kind of like bored. He's like, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing here, dude. And, and the other guy's sweating out of breath with the three sticks. He's doing 100 swings. And so the guy in the blue with the blue stick is like ends up waiting for him to finish. We go to retest. The guy who did all three sticks, I think maybe gained, picked up like one or two miles an hour. The guy who did the blue stick picked up like five or six miles an hour. Obviously, this is just two individuals. Could be, you know, this is not apply and say this is what's going to happen to everybody if you do these, these systems. But the take home was he did less work. He was not sweating. He was not out of breath. He had less load on his body and he saw a massive gain. So why would you do more if you don't have to? Right? That's the question that goes into my mind. So title of this episode, obviously, thousand golfers. Well, we didn't test a thousand in those two studies. But then what we did is now for the last three, four years, we're over 10,000 golfers. And what we do, you know, basically, you know, we get people from this ticking time bomb category. We, there's no speed training recommended in that category, guys, none. So if you're doing speed training, like, and you don't have four, you know, full mobility in your hips and your shoulders, your spine, like, stop it. You're going to hurt yourself. Please, please stop it. Um, but, you know, once we get you to this balanced golfer phase and then, you know, we can get that strength up, then we can, speed training has its place. But the interesting thing that we've seen is, particularly as we were starting to, um, those of you who are nerds will appreciate this, we start looking at, you know, basically these different, uh, you know, there's called what's called a force velocity curve. So some people are really good at moving heavy things fast, but suck at moving light things fast. And some people are really good at moving light things fast, but suck at moving heavy things fast. So as a golfer, we all have different areas in which we can train more specifically to get our speed up. So you can get super specific in the type on how much load and the type of speed training you're using by how much, how heavy the object is that you're swinging. Think of swinging a seven iron versus swinging a driver, right? There's going to be difference in weights. Um, this is where systems like the stack have come out or uh, I think rip trainer might have different weights too. Um, so basically what we figured out is that there's actually ideal, uh, there's profiles, just like we found like the, the three big profiles for speed training, there's different profiles and there's different specific training protocols that optimize for every single golfer. So when you guys go out and you look at all the different speed training options that are available, you know, definitely looking for ones that are more, you know, more adjustable are going to be the, the better way to go. And ones that are able to start to identify, Hey, are you somebody who moves light stuff really good and you need help doing the heavier? Or are you somebody who moves heavy stuff more specifically, you know, really well and needs uh, lighter stuff? So, that's, that's the, the big thing that we took away is, um, number one, you don't need tons and tons and tons of, of reps. If you're doing more than 30 reps in a session, that's probably too much. Number two, when we talk about speed gain, the base of the pyramid, guys, we always talk about the base of the pyramid, right? The base of the pyramid is mobility. Do you, can you rotate in your four rotary centers? I don't care if you can touch your, your hamstrings, touch your toes. That doesn't help your club at speed. will help your deadlift, which ultimately is well, you know, being able to touch your toes or have a good hinge helps level two of the pyramid, which is getting stronger, right? We saw this in our other study where we looked at uh, vertical leap and, and upper body push power, right? Getting stronger in the legs, your ability to squat and hinge and press in the upper body. Those getting stronger there will 100%, we, there is a statistically 
uh, causational relationship behind being able to produce more force into the ground, aka you know jump higher, uh, as well as being able to throw medicine balls further from a chest pass position. If those go up, your club head speed goes up. It's causationally, statistically, over 10,000 people, right? This is not a case study of five, right? 10,000 people. Those are the areas that we see the biggest gains initially. Now, once you're getting those and you want to layer on top of it over speed type training, well, then let's get specific, right? And this is where we test when we do our testing. You should be testing how powerful are you with something light versus medium versus heavy and figure out you know, where you are on that spectrum from force velocity curves. And should you be swinging something heavier or should you be swinging something lighter? And, and there are specifics here that actually help to optimize how much gain you can get with as little work as you can get. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, you know, work smart and hard, right? So we're going to work hard, but we're not going to do more than we have to. We're going we're gonna to work really smart and work hard on the things that actually are going to move the needle for us. Um, so to wrap it all up, overspeed training is wildly simplified in the general public for people trying to sell you stuff. <laughs> uh, 95% of you don't and shouldn't, don't need it, or not, not that you don't need it, but you shouldn't use it. You aren't ready for it. Right? You got to get your body ready to do that. And when the body is ready, it can be an incredibly useful tool. It, it can truly be like, like a key that unlocks, you know, just the, the, the golden speed gates, right? Where you're going to be able to swing the club a lot faster. Um, but if you do it when your body is not ready, it is almost a surefire way uh, for people to get hurt, uh, particularly if you're doing tons and tons and tons of volume. Uh, there are times in the year to do it, times of the year to back down from it. Um, and there, you know, I think when we look at the science, uh, it's very, very clear that we need to have our foundational levels of mobility and strength and power in place for which overspeed training can be layered on top of it and be incredibly helpful and incredibly beneficial to longevity in the game. If we do it right. Uh, I'm a big fan of saying a monkey can get you to move faster. You want to move faster? Just take your driver and swing it really, really hard and fast, you know, 20 times a day. Like you'll start moving the club faster. Like it's not that hard, right? What's the science or the, the, the hard part or the difficult part is doing it in a way where you can do it and not get injured so that you're safe and you can actually play this game for a long time. So swinging fast is cool. Swinging fast without pain is even cooler. So hopefully you took away a, a little a little nugget, at least one from today uh, on the, you know, basically the importance of understanding is your body ready for overspeed training? And if you are doing it, how much should you do? Uh, and, you know, understanding a little bit, you know, without getting too nerdy, you know, force velocity curves and um, not everybody should be using the same stick. There are different weights that are optimal for different people. Um, and it's important that you figure out how to do that. Um, so hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps you avoid getting hurt. Hopefully we've diffused some, uh, some ticking time bombs from exploding by jumping into overspeed training when you're not ready. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next one.